the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Mayor is business leader. 1220 KDOW. KDOW. A division of Salem Communications. Good morning. And welcome in to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, finance, theory, little uh, conventional wisdom, little cultural candy, and much, much more. Talks of China easing their monetary policy. On one hand, good. On the other hand, uh uh-oh, aren't they supposed to have people working and they don't need stimulus? Some mixed messages out of Europe. I'm getting so tired of the Germans, the Spanish, the Greeks. Last week, a commentary out of Europe was, hey, we are going to do everything we can. We're going to throw the kitchen sink at this problem. And then this morning, Germany pulls a Germany. Not so much. Nine. Germans want the big bazooka kept on the sidelines. German finance minister said it did not need to give the European stability mechanism a bank license. So I like that. The Germans refer to the big bazooka. It's kind of cool, right? When we're talking finances and we're talking big bazookas, if only that were true, right? Um, so it's mixed messages. You know, last week we didn't do anything that we have to. This week, not so much. That's a killer. It feels very yo-yo-esque. Yo-yo. L-L-R-B, ladies love, Rob Black. So, Germany's central bank wants to keep monetary policy in the eurozone to remain strictly focused on price stability. Today, the Fed starts a two-day meeting. Tomorrow will be the pinnacle of that where we talk about it when data comes out of it. Today, they just get into a room and robble. So, San Francisco banker, the Atlanta banker, Philly, New York, they go, robble, 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 robble. And they try to build some sort of consensus. Robble, 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 robble. Should we cut interest rates? Robble, 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 robble. Should we lower the discount window? Robble, 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 robble. Should lower the yield on overnight? You get the idea, right? So... Tomorrow we'll get the data from all that robbling. Um, Chicago PMI rose to a reading of 53.7% in July from 52.9% in June. That's pretty nice. They, um, they broke a run of three straight drops. Uh, backlogs improved. The order backlog index surged. So it's looking like the last year where we had a strong pickup in the second half of the year that basically saved the stock market, saved the economy. After declining for four straight months, consumer confidence increased in July on improved expectations but remained at relatively low levels. Consumers expressed greater optimism about short-term business and employment prospects. They've grown more pessimistic about their own personal earnings. We'll talk about that in uno momentero, which is Spanish, you know, for one moment. More Spanish lessons coming. Just got to be patient for them. 
We got the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 39, the NASDAQ down 2, and the S&P 500 down 3. Hmm. So we're starting to get the first few minutes of the sessions. It's been trading. Uh, there's some stories out there. Let me give you a couple of the stories that I find the most interesting. British Petroleum, they missed on earnings, but saw revenues above expectations. British Petroleum, eh. It's honestly like the frumpy sister that grows up to be the frumpy sister. She's not the little kid sister that grows up to be hotter than her prom queen sister. Nope. British Petroleum will never be Chevron Texco. British Petroleum will never be ExxonMobil as much as they might want. I'd rather go Total, and when you hear me go French, something's wrong. I don't need you, British Petroleum. Pfizer, pretty good quarter. Pfizer fabricates pharmaceuticals. It's all a feast. Nice dividend yield. You know, man, it's not polite to us little women. Unless, of course, you're in Ecuador, because that's actually a compliment in Ecuador. But Pfizer uh, yields 3.7%. Pretty good PE, pretty good valuation. It's not too expensive. Stock's at a 52-week high. It's traded ne- next year's 10 times earnings. One of the problems with Pfizer is, are they going to continue to get breakthrough medicines or the breakthroughs kind of stop coming? Pfizer's got a wonderful animal wellness unit as well. Um, they said negative impact on revenues of product losses, exclusivity, Liptor in major markets, worldwide revenues of other four medicines, uh, Celebrex, Enbrel, Lyrica, Prevnar, increased emerging markets generated another 14% for them. Coach, down 15% this morning. Disappointing results. Income was $251 million. Don't you wish that last year you make $200 million and this year you make $251 million? And it's still not good enough? Like, it, that just that bums me out. I've been in that relationship before where I do something wonderful and the woman's like, mm, meh, not so much. Meh. Like, if you really loved me, this trip to the Mexican Riviera, this wonderful marriage, this, this, this expensive dress, you would have got me a strand of perils as well. I hate it when, when you just can't do anything right. Coach, $250 million. They did something good there. But you know what they, they, what they sucked it at? They blew it big time on, where did they blow it big time? Oh, they blew up big time on factory stores, which is really interesting because factory stores is where they have higher margin products. I know you're saying, no way. That can't be possible. Coach makes leather purses at their, their high-end retail stores. Their factory stores have the high margins because they make stuff out of fabric, whereas their, their you know, uh, flagship stores make things out of leather. Interesting. I know. I know you're saying, Rob, you know way too much about fashion. I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. Fashion is my middle name. Actually, floral delivery is my middle name. Floral delivery is my life. Um, what else do we have to hit? Coach, got it. Bridge Petroleum, got it. I think I've hit all the breaking stories. Oh, housing numbers. Oh, very, very, very good housing numbers. Up 2.2% year over year. Home prices climbed. Two months in a row. Yay, the housing market bust is over. No, not that easy. <laughs> You don't proclaim victory with 
halfway through the game. This is just two months. The roller coaster rides for prices, still a roller coaster. Um, you know, from the, the peak, prices are down 33%. That should take us a good eight to 10 years to recover from if we're historically normal. Post office is nearing a historic default on $5 billion. That's just lovely. Postal officials said they're going to go postal, studying whether they may need to delay other obligations. Ah, retirees' health benefits, we just won't pay that bill. Let's push that one off another 30 days. <laughs> right? What did you just say? Oh, we're going to look at, they're going to look at things. Uh, at one point in time, we needed the post office to deliver packages to the North Pole, and they would get it there. FedEx, UPS, and the Internet, they're making the post office obsolete. Wow. So I got a wealth preservation retirement planning seminar coming up. Let's tone down the music for a second. Thursday, August 2nd from 6 to 9, Crown Plaza, Foster City. You can reduce risk with diversification, tax reduction strategies, estate planning tips. That's this Thursday, a couple days from now. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's from 6 to 9. Sign up at robblack.com. It's the Crown Plaza Foster City Retirement Planning and Wealth Preservation. AM 1220, Katie. The deal. These certificates have no expiration date by the biz. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers and see how we're doing today. It's one of those market days where I think it's telling us we just got two great economic data points. The market's kind of like got a little bit weaker. We're really worried about tomorrow with the Fed. What are they going to do? We want them to do something. And Thursday with the European Central Bank and Friday with the jobs numbers. Right now we got the S P 500 down one, the Nasdaq up two, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 22. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton with NewFocusFinancial.com or at NewFocusFinancial.com. He's with New Focus Financial. We've got seminars coming up, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. You can learn more about them at robblack.com. So let's talk retirement products. These are topics that might come up at the seminar coming up. What retirement products, and that's a funny way of looking at it. The financial business is all about products. Yeah, well, one of the newest ones that I'll start with that one first because people aren't hearing about it too much is longevity insurance. Longevity insurance. So longevity insurance is an insurance policy that you can buy that if you live past you typically 85, it'll kick in and pay a, a pretty decent benefit. And the payoffs are fairly decent in terms of a if you would invest in yeah. something different than have a lump sum at that age. Um, and then it pays you as long as you live. There's also products out there, Rob, that you when, can when now... Do you, when do you buy that? You, you buy it at retirement ages, like when you retire. Okay. 65 plus, typically. So you pay it um, for 20 years... And then you hope that you hope that you're still alive. And then if you live and you're healthy at 85, you could live another 15, 20, 25 years. This is the two sisters now that have lived to like 120. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're making two oldest living siblings ever. Uh, um. So in their situation, they would have been very well paid off on a, on some sort of a product. I've never met anybody that's bought it yet, nor have I recommended it. Okay. But there's um some there's a lot of variable annuities out there that say no matter what you invest in, whatever you invest, they'll pay you five to six percent for the rest of your life. It's not a principal guarantee. Yeah. It's an income for life guarantee, and it's good to have about twenty to thirty percent of your retirement needs coming from guaranteed lifetime income, whether it's Social Security, pension, or you do it your own. 
If you do it your own and you use one of these variable annuities that offer that lifetime income guarantee, make sure it's no load, very low fees, really good investment choices. Because a lot of the way that those charges for, for commission-based brokers is that it eats into your principal so much, what you end up leaving your spouse or your heirs is very, very small. Okay, so it benefits you while you're alive, but what if you die? The money's going to go to your spouse or your heirs, so it costs you too much. But there's also products out there now being sold on balanced portfolios where you can buy insurance. So you can set up a balanced portfolio and buy insurance for like 1%, one, 1.5% one a year of extra fees that says this balanced portfolio will provide me income for the rest of my life. So that's kind of the latest trending product out there in retirement. Are those products going to stick around? Because that's one thing that I worry about with insurance products. Like um, a lot of businesses are getting out of the annuity business because they didn't think people were going to live that long and they didn't plan for it successfully. And they're getting out of the reverse mortgage business. Right. Banks, another bank just left recently. Um, another company is drastically changing. One of the There's really only four or five really good, decent long-term care providers out there, long-term care insurance right. providers. And one is uh, getting rid of the spousal 40% discount. It's usually a lot cheaper for spouses to buy. That's going away. Lifetime benefits are going away. Premiums are increasing. Um, th those types of things are becoming more expensive as people live a lot longer. So it's really becoming more and more important to make sure you don't retire too early and build up a nest egg that's more than you think you're going to need. It's kind of a crazy concept. Um, you know, in, under age 60, you think of, let's keep our insurance practical. You know, let's you know, not pay the insurance guy too much, but you're telling me that you could buy longevity insurance and you could basically place a bet on whether you're going to live past 85 and start dwindling your assets down. It's crazy, the products that's out there. Yeah, I mean, if you kind of think about it in general, if you've got, you know, let's say 30% of your portfolio, you buy that type of insurance on. Right. Where you're paying an extra one, one and a half percent in, in annual fees just to have that peace of mind in the background. And a lot of times I'll run into two people and, you know, married couple, one's more aggressive, one's very conservative. And the conservative person, a lot of times it's that lifetime guarantees and making sure that they're protected if one of them goes into a nursing home. It's really important for them to be able to do those things before they retire. So you got to, you know, there's some give and take in, in spouses when they retire and setting up portfolio and buying, uh, you know, types of retirement products that are out there. Another one that I think that'll start to pick up traction. Um, uh, now it's a little tough with yield so low in bonds because they're kind of price based on treasuries. But there's things called structured note CDs where right. you can buy CDs that are three to 10 years long. And instead of having an annual interest rate, your, your, your return isn't calculated until the end of maturity. And it's based on the movement of different indexes like the S&P 500 um, or some international indexes where you'll get, as long as you keep the CD for three to 10 years, depending on the length you buy, it's FDIC insured, and you'll get, say, 45% of the upside of those indexes, but no downside risk. So if CDs are paying you know, less than a half a percent, and you could get 40% of an upside of an index over that period of time, a lot of people will start looking at those as well. you got to be careful on fees on all these products, whether it's structured notes, variable annuities, uh fixed annuities, bonds, reverse mortgages, longevity insurance, none of these things are free. Right. That's why you work with a person that is certified financial planner, but they have to be able to say they're a fiduciary and they, they're fee-based. They're not commission-based. Come meet Chad Burton at a Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning event soon. Find out more about that at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. You can find Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. For sure, and we're going to bring the money pinata to the event coming up, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning, Thursday, August 2nd. Thursday, August 2nd. That's uh, just a couple days from now. Crown Plaza, they've got a good sports bar. So uh, keep an eye on the game. 
grab a beer with me after the seminar. Foster City, 6 to 9 p.m. Thursday, August 2, Crown Plaza, Foster City, Wealth Preservation and Retirement Planning. I'd love to see you out there. I'm going to bring a copy, uh, not a copy, but I'm going to bring a couple stocks I recently sold, three stocks that I recently bought, uh, give you some basic information about resources and materials, uh, throw out a lot on portfolio structure, asset allocation, equity diversification, economic outlook, markets and retirement, different beast than markets in wealth accumulation. Take a break here. You can sign up at robblack.com. Okay, so I'm no hot thing, and I know that. I talk money, I talk economy, I talk getting into retirement. I talk divorce is an ugly financial decision. I try to talk human relatable items. 30 year old girls are breaking up with boyfriends because they're no longer the suppliers. 30 year old girls are breaking up with. Boyfriends because they want to make babies and job security is not there for a lot of people. I wish that I could make things rosy. I can't. I could tell you that if unemployment does make a move on the lower side, if small businesses start to hire, as we did until we started hitting this fiscal cliff issue, I think things are going to be okay. Um. I've got a friend who doesn't drink water out of plastic bottles because he's adamant that it's bad for the environment. How adamant are we? I'm pretty positive America would likely reelect a new president if the last Republican wasn't such a failure in the eyes of the economy. The current one, we're, we're just getting tired of hearing the president say that you know he inherited the problem as if he's still in the ditch almost four years later and four trillion dollars later i think americans are you know concerned about the deficit and debt and spending willy-nilly when you take a dollar from someone and you push it to another side of the fence it doesn't mean you saved a dollar it doesn't replace that dollar it's a disastrous policy think that you could you know just stimulate when you're taking a dollar from someone who's productive in the economy and giving it to something that's not productive in the economy. I believe in capitalism through and through. I'm a Milton Friedman lover. Today is his birthday. If he had been alive, he'd be 100 years old. He hated big government. He was a constant presence on financial thought all the way up until 94 years old. You know, the $5 trillion expansion of spending and debt to create growth, it, it's confederacy of dunces. Americans don't see government as a solution anymore because we consider government to be captured by elite interests. You know, we recognize the role of the Bush tax cuts and the unfunded wars in creating the debt. 
we're very leery about the possibility of spending our way to more economic growth. There's a false analogy between households and governments. In the 1960s, Friedman famously explained that there's no such thing as a free lunch. Again, my two favorite economists, you know, like your two favorite ballplayers might be Willie Mays and Barry Bonds. My two favorite economists, Milton Friedman, Joseph Schumpeter. So Friedman once said there's no such thing as a free lunch, and he said basically if the government spends a dollar, that dollar has to come from producers and workers in the private economy. There's no magical multiplier effect. If you take from productive Peter and give to unproductive Paul, it's obvious that makes total sense to you. Obama, uh, Obamanomics, Reaganomics, but Obamanomics may be the most expensive failed experiment in free lunch economics in American history. You know, equally illogical is the superstition that government can create prosperity by having Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke print more dollars. It will help, but in odd ways. In the very short term, excess money fools people into the illusion of prosperity. But the market will figure it out. There's no boost in output, just higher prices. Next to Reagan, ultimately, in the second half of the 20th century, there was no more influential voice for economic freedom worldwide than Milton Friedman. Small in stature, tiny guy, huge brain. That's what they say about me. Big feet, big hands, big brain. Friedman was awarded a Nobel Prize in economics in 1976. And that was at a time when the Nobel Prize basically went to socialists. Marked the first sign of intellectual comeback of free market economics since the 1930s. Now they're big economists, Joseph Maynard Keynes. You've heard of Keynesian. So there's a 1971 book by Friedman, if you want to read it. It's not a scratch and sniff. It's called A Monetary History of the United States. Masterpiece in changing the way you should think about the role of money. Um... He communicated virtues to a mass audience. His two best-selling books, Capitalism, Freedom, and Freedom to Choose, are still wildly popular. He's got videos on YouTube on issues like the morality of capitalism. They're brilliant. They're timeless. I know you're saying, are you kidding me? There's an economist on YouTube? I just thought there was a cat that can skateboard. I've got YouTube videos. In the early 1990s, Friedman visited Mexico City, which is just one of the poorest cities in the world. You know, how dare someone, apostle free market economics, be able to speak to Mexican citizens about outdated ideas? You know, when he arrived in Mexico, he received a hero's welcome as thousands of business owners, students, citizen activists hungry for the message. They wanted to hear him. They treated him like a rock star. We should treat our economists like rock stars. Little guy. He loved to turn the intellectual tables by making the case that regulation often does more harm than good. His favorite example is the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, whose regulations routinely delay the introduction of life-saving drugs. When the FDA boosts a new drug will save 10,000 lives. How many lives were lost because it didn't get the drug on the market last year? 
He supported drug legalization. He was particularly proud to be an influential voice in ending the military draft in the 1970s. His critics argued that he favored a military of mercenaries. In hindsight, we don't even think twice about that decision. So I'm talking about Milton Friedman, my favorite economist. He's, today is his birthday. Happy birthday to you. But he'd been dead six years, but I guess he could still celebrate birthdays, right? Friedman opposed the government spending spree in the 2000s. He hated the government-sponsored enterprises like housing lenders Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. We need to get back to the age of Milton Friedman. Somehow we need to get politics back to the people and not to career politicians. I'm concerned about our deficit and debt. That's probably one of my top concerns. And then I tie it in to Friedman. You know, you can't take from unproductive you can't take from productive Peter and give to unproductive Paul. It doesn't work. It's not gonna get you anywhere. That's why a lot of people, that's the basis of the argument, you know, stop taxing the rich. They're successful for a reason. Let them do what they do. Nah, I'm not getting into that argument. Hundreds of millions of people have been liberated from poverty. Uh, the age of Milton Friedman, you know, hundreds of millions of people have been liberated from poverty thanks to the rediscovery of the free market. The world teeters on a recession. Leaders need to urgently discover Friedman's basic ideas. What can we do to make America more prosperous? Three things. Promote free trade, school choice for all children, and cut government spending. How much do you cut? As much as you can. I know a lot of people look at the government as a handout. I could tell you, I get emails from people who are disabled every day asking me to somehow turn that crap $16,000 a year social security disability payments that they get into millions. They want to do everything they can not to go back to work because that $16,000 is in their pocket. You tell me if it's a good idea to take from the productive to give to the unproductive. And you know what they do with that $16,000? They go out and buy like a Tony Robbins Prosper Coach. Tony Robbins Prosper's Coaching Seminars. It was hilarious last night on Colbert. Colbert talked about how you can get your feet burned for $2,500. The seminar is typically $400, $495. Let's call it five. Or for the two-day seminar, just $2,500, and you get a free lunch. So Colbert was laughing about $1,000 lunch. I love me my Stephen Colbert. For a person doing a character, he doesn't break that character very, very often, which is pretty interesting, pretty impressive. Um, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning Seminar, Thursday, August 2. Learn how to reduce risk with diversification, tax reduction strategies, estate planning tips. I hope to see you out there if you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, heading towards retirement and retirement worth 300000 to $300 million. Anywhere in those areas, that's the seminar for you. There's two types of people, people who accumulate wealth, people who manage it. This is wealth management side of the fence. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's from 6 to 9 in Foster City at the Crown Plaza. It's 
think about what we're going to be doing in the future, but let's think about what Milton Friedman said. Let's remember that the middle class in America, we know, we know that there's a lot of debt and we're concerned about it and the deficit. There's no difference between my personal debt and the government's debt. Debt will kill you. Debt is bad. Debt leads to unproductivity. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Missy Franklin is quickly becoming the story of the Olympics. High school student, she swam a U.S. record in the women's 100-meter backstroke, taking gold from Emily Seabom, which she had her own good story. Last year, she had swine flu. This year, she's in the Olympics. But Franklin, a 17-year-old from Colorado, has bypassed going to Texas, bypass coming to California to swim, where she should be if she wants to be the best in the world. But nope, she wants to be 17 years old. She was given permission to use the diving pool during the 13-minute turnaround between her 200-meter freestyle semifinal, where she placed eight in the backstroke final. While she was there, Michael Phelps stopped by to give her a little pep talk. She wants to swim in her high school swim team. She wants to go to college. You've got to be pretty proud of someone when they do the right thing. She could take millions now. She may never get that opportunity again. Is it all about the money? I tend to make it that way because I just don't want you to hit 60 and not think it's all about the money. And not hit 60 and not have any money. And not have any choices. Have all your choices taken away from you. I'm not her father, but God, can't you imagine how proud the world is of her? She attends Regis Jesuit High School. She's got freakishly big feet. When she was six months old, she competed, you know, um, she started swimming. So... Bob Dorfman, the executive creative director at San Francisco-based Baker Street Advertising, said Franklin may be given up a chance to make more than a million in endorsements. If you use Phelps as a gauge, it's maybe in the low seven figures that she's leaving on the table. Phelps is 27. He took some classes at the University of Michigan after the 2004 Athens Olympics. He didn't finish his degree. He'll never have that college experience. Maybe that's what she wants. You know, she'll be 21 years old heading to Brazil. That'd be a big story. She may be leaving money on the table now, but she may collect it in four years. She's already given up $115,000 in prize money. U.S. Olympic Committee pays gold medals. $25,000 for each gold medal. USA Swimming had $75,000 bonus on top of that. Silver earns you $30,000. Bronze is worth $15,000. You'll see her in a couple weeks on Letterman. She'll make the rounds, and again, she'll show you what makes you proud. Oh, good golly. Some other stories out there today. The home price index showed a gain in all 20 states. All 20 states. Uh, All 20 cities. Home price index shows gains in all 20 cities. 
Stocks are mixed today. We're the Fed's meeting. They're not going to do a darn thing. Chance of action slim, so you're going to see a disappointment. We'll do something in the September month, maybe. During election years, it's really, really tough for the Fed not to be political by any action they take, or in this case, what by any tax action they don't take. Consumer spending is flat in the month of June, but incomes rose. Coach tumbles as North American sales miss the mark. That stock's been on a roll in the last two or three years. Factory stores in the United States week, which is interesting because the factory stores kind of represent middle America, middle income America, middle class. Coach makes wonderful leather purses. I like Coach purses. I'm not a chick, but if I were a chick, I'd have a Coach purse. Not quite as nice as Gucci. Not quite as nice as Deuce, of course, but still pretty darn good. So, Coach Tumbling. The factory stores sell a lot of fabric purses, higher margins. The flagship stores sell a lot more leather purses. The leather purse is doing fine. The factory store is not. That tells you something about America. Banking giant UBS hit by Facebook IPO loss. They had a trader at UBS. This is almost comical who kept hitting the buy button because he didn't get his confirmation. And then suddenly he had way too many shares when all the confirmations came in. So they're going to sue NASDAQ. Boeing Dreamliner GE engine probed after jet spews debris. Okay, if you're flying today, that story's going to make you a little bit nervous. 787 Dreamliner has an engine that basically is imploding. Is this bad news for Boeing or GE? It could be. So if you fly a 747-8 or a 787 today, cross your fingers that it's not a systemic problem. It didn't hit catastrophe, but you don't want parts of your engine flying out. I know you're saying that's pretty good advice, Rob. Thank you very much. I'll be here all day. A lot of athletes getting kicked off the Olympic team for Twitter. Twitter is a major player in news and aggregation of news. You know, look at what Twitter did to Charlie Sheen. Look what it did to Osama bin Laden. Twitter's calling a lot of news faster than CNN could possibly call. Talks of China easing in the news today. There's some mixed messages out of Europe. Gotta love the Germans. They're the wet blanket. European Central Banker Mario Draghi says, you know, we're going to throw the kitchen table, the sink, the refrigerator. We're going to throw the cutting board. We're going to throw everything we can at fixing the euro. The European Union is going to maintain and we're going to survive. And Germany comes out today, not so fast. So they won't have their say. They want fiscal problems fixed. But that's about as far as they're willing to go at this point. SP 500 is down one. The Nasdaq's up two. Dow Jones Industrial Average down 22. iPhone 5 starting to be rumored again more and more. September 12th as the uh, date of show and tell. Don't forget, I got a seminar coming up. You need some signups for this at robblack.com. Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning, Thursday, August 2 from 6 to 9. Thursday. Hi, your favorite radio station here asking you to join us as we work. 
Welcome in to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. We got the S&P 500 up fractions, the Nasdaq's up nine, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down seven. Oil sit at $91 a barrel, closing out the month of July with a winner as far as the price of oil. Gold sit at $16.25 an ounce. A lot of people are building up expectations. The Federal Reserve and the European Central Bank are going to do some sort of quantitative easing. Oh, it's so tough to do in a political year because it looks like you're uh, trying to favor somebody. I still don't think it gets done at least until September. Things are okay out there. They're not awful. We saw Chicago Manufacturing Numbers Day come out pretty good. We still have GDP growth. Uh, we're not in a recession. We do have Angela Merkel hardening opposition to granting bank license to the European Savings Fund. They want to keep what they refer to as a big bazooka. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, how are you? Doing well, thanks. Now, a couple things. You and I have an event coming up Thursday evening, 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock, Crown Plaza. Uh, in Foster City. People can sign up at robblack.com. It's a wealth preservation retirement planning event. More on that later, but one area where people had a lot of wealth and then they lost a lot of wealth and they're now starting to maybe maybe get back into it is homes and home prices. Real right. estate prices declined less than forecast on a year-over-year level. And um, In fact, they got two straight months in a row of increasing. It was pretty good news for the housing industry this morning. Yeah, you know, what's interesting about that, too, in terms of people that are heading into retirement and kind of wondering what to do if they're in a you know lucky enough position to say, I've got extra cash, but I've got plenty of stocks, plenty of bonds. We've got a couple of email questions recently on, I'm looking at potentially paying off one of my mortgages, either on my primary residence or my rental property. And the advice has been a little bit different these days based on where interest rates are, what real estate's doing and, and, you know, cash flow is king going into retirement. So it's, it's an interesting dilemma to, to face because mortgage rates are so low, interest rates are so low in terms of bonds and sometimes a, a good cash flow boost in retirement is to potentially pay down that rental property or refinance that rental property. Um, a lot of people in California, though, have to realize that when you do that on your primary residence, Rob, the people that pay the least amount of California taxes as they go into retirement um, are the ones that have a mortgage and they also have long-term care insurance. Oh, those deductions carry over to that California tax return. So before people go you know, paying down loans, do the modeling on your tax returns. That's what you pay your accountant for, your CPA, your enrolled agent. Don't see them at the end, you know, after the, the fact, see them before the fact and, and work with your team before you make a decision that's, that may not be right. So Coach came out this morning and they're lowering their guidance. Tiffany's, JCPenney's, Macy's, all lower. Uh, and that's where a lot of Americans shop. So I'm a little, little spooked because Coach uh, really got crushed on the factory stores. Do you care about a report like that? I do, and it well, yeah, because obviously you know the the consumer is seventy percent of the GDP in this country, and we're seeing the consumer spending fall at the same time that savings rate is falling over the last two months. So we can't make a trend out of this quite yet because it takes 
much longer period to create a trend, especially in times of uncertainty when you have this fiscal tax cliff situation. But what we're seeing is that the consumer is starting to struggle again and dip into their savings at the same time. So, you know, with the corn prices going up, a lot of, uh, you know, grocery stores and things like that got hit because people are wondering how much pricing power that they're going to have to be able to pass that higher cost of corn onto the consumer in the next six to 12 months. So it's, I mean, we, we need to focus on growth in the economy, um, not austerity, but growth around the world at this point, because the, the consumer is starting to fade a little bit. Yeah, household purchases account for about 70% of the economy unchanged in economic data this morning. Inside this number, though, there was one nice thing that I like to see was incomes up one half of 1%, lifting the savings rate to 4.4%. That's the highest in a year. I like to see the wage inflation. Just a little bit. Not too much, not too little, but this is nice to see. Yeah, well, even in some of the companies that have reported that the, the you know 60% of the companies that have actually made their revenue or their top-line numbers, and a lot of the stocks that have sold off so far based on fears of slowdown in China, it's amazing that they, they, they're still seeing better-than-expected growth in North America and other parts of Asia. So my point of that is, is that, Rob, there's a lot of stocks that are based in the U.S. that get a good amount of revenue in China that have sold off probably too far and have some yield protection, some valuation protection. So I'm looking for opportunities in those areas because I think that that's where the growth is going to be over the next three to five years. You know, I like the Olympics enormously this time of year or just a time every four years. Uh, Missy Franklin swims to her first gold. Is that what I like about the Olympics? No, no, no. I like watching the 15-year-old kids win a gold and then just break down crying. Well, yeah, the the and the whole story of the girl who's pretty much the best all-around world champion in the Olympic in the gymnastics can't compete for the all-around. That's Drama. kind of a crushing story. Can you imagine, you know, working all your life for that, <laughs> knowing you're the best in so many different areas and because they throw out the some certain score you can't compete in the all-around and i dated an olympic ice skater and uh my my angle on this is it's olympics are kind of overrated she had the biggest ankles i've ever her ankles were the size of softballs (laughs) i don't think i'd want to be an olympic athlete in the in the gymnastic side or the uh in the ice skating side i don't think you would work well in those areas at all anyway so i think you're i think you're okay i think you're sheltered (laughs) I'm lean now. I've been drinking muscle milk. I know. And muscle milk light, too. <laughs> you know what stinks about that when you try to make like a, a white Russian with muscle milk? <laughs> Have you seriously uh, tried that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm pathetic. So. Yep. Mexico tops in per capita drinking of Coca-Cola products. 728 ounces per person in 2011. They lead the world in per capita consumption of beverages made by Coca-Cola. Number two on the list is the United States at 403 ounces per person. Spain, number three at 287 ounces. Any thoughts on this story? Well, it brings to mind that you know having to uh, deal with a, a diabetes-based company that I own that we um, basically had to sell just because the valuations were topping out. But it, it, that's that's kind of what you look for around the world because people can get concerned about what's going on in the U.S. and what's going on in Europe. But the middle class is growing around the world in emerging markets, and as they grow, they spend more money on Nikes, yet they don't necessarily run as much, and they end up with diabetes that they have to treat with prescription drugs and, 
And it's kind of that circle of life emerging markets play that you can really use as an investment theme. We've got about a minute left. Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning, Thursday, August 2. That's coming up. People can sign up at robblack.com or they can email Chad, chad at chadburton.com, and he'll get you a free ticket. Uh, it's from 6 to 9, Crown Plaza, Foster City. Anything you want to talk about this, 30 seconds or less? Um, well, I can talk about some other issues in the next segment, but income examples. You know, Which accounts do you draw from first, and how do you rebalance, especially in markets where most of the gains come in one quarter at a time? Thanks very much. You can find out more information about the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. I got the luxury of actually having Chad live in studio with me this morning. It's kind of nice. Mr. Burton, let's talk a little bit about... um, we have that seminar coming up, of course, Thursday in Foster City for Wealth Reservation Retirement Planning. Some of the topics that you tend to hit, um, they're, they're pretty varied and in-depth. One of the ones I like to see thrown out there is bad retirement products because I don't think people get that products differ like golden clay. Well, yeah. I mean, last night we had a call uh, on the show, on the Money 2.0 show at 6 o'clock from somebody that was considering putting their money into one of those variable annuities that, you know, they'll earn whatever you put in, whatever the market does, regardless of what the market does, they'll pay you 5% for life. And going into retirement, (laughs) there's a lot of them out there. And in retirement, it's good to have 20 to 30% of your income being paid from lifetime sources. It's like a longevity policy. And and Social Security is supposed to be the majority of a portion of that. But doing some of your own pension work to... You know, guard against you potentially living past your life expectancy, which is what all this other stuff is, you know, tends to be based on, say, an age 86 life expectancy. There, there are some decent products out there, but as I explained, you're not going to get them from a bank. You're not going to get them from a person that makes money selling you a product. If you go in and say, I'm close to retirement, and the first thing they do is pitch you an annuity, it's a bad product, it's a bad relationship because it's only a portion of it, and there's no load options out there because. Some of those no-load variable annuities that actually do, you can create a balanced portfolio out of these things, and they're good for people that are really close to or in retirement and you know under the age of, say, 75, 80. And they're a decent bond alternative right now because you can create a balanced portfolio, say, 60, 40 stocks, bonds with funds inside these things. And regardless of what the portfolio does, it'll pay you you know 55 to 7% for the rest of your life no matter what the market does. So if the market tanks, it'll continue to pay you. But in three years, let's say corporate bonds are paying a much higher interest rate, and you can lock in AAA-rated corporate bonds at a rates that are higher than that with less risk. 
you might want to move in three to five years. And when you go buy these things from a commission person, you're usually locked up for seven to ten years. And they they give you these big sales pitches going in the door, tell you how they're going to help you manage the money. But once they sell it to you, they don't help you because they're going to find the next you because that's how they make money is pounding the pavement, finding the next person to sell to. So it, there are some decent ones out there. I mean, there's really, there's only two, Rob, and I can't say it on the air. Those had to post prospectuses online and everything else. So, but, but most products that you're going to be pitched by somebody that earns a commission are going to be bad. Now, with that said, you must have a lot of conversations, speaking of products, where people are trying to replace a bond that came due or got called. They're trying to replace some sort of CD income. What are you telling the seniors right now? We've got just a couple minutes. What are you telling the seniors on here's new product to replace some of those bonds because rates have fallen so much while that you held them? It's not really product since I deal with no load stuff, you know, funds, ETFs, individual stocks, individual bonds. And right now, just for the record, for the record, I look at stocks as product. I look at almost everything as product. Wall Street is a product, essentially, right? There you go. I get it. I get it. Okay, so on the on the U.S. bond side, um, stay in the real mid duration, um, smaller funds right now. I would not buy individual bonds because most stuff is is trading at a premium. Rob, in other words, if you buy a bond for a hundred bucks, you're either going to get extremely low rate or you're going to have to pay a hundred and five to get a decent rate. You know what I mean? To get a premium on it. So what you want to do is is kind of avoid the bigger, super widely held bond funds at this point. Because if we do get a transition point in the next two years where interest rates start to go up, which is probably two years out, um, and you want to get out, everybody's going to be running. And it's going to be forcing the manager to sell bonds at a loss. So we like the well-known managers that are running smaller funds in the U.S. side. And then people are forgetting about international bonds. And they're, they're looking at what's going on overseas with the sovereign debt, which is countries' debt. And they're forgetting about all of the good emerging market companies and the countries that don't have a lot of debt and the bonds that are there. So there's a lot of foreign bonds that are paying the 4 to 6% range in terms of yield, which if you know, the U.S. continues to print money will also be a bit of a hedge against a falling dollar in the future. So midterm side of the curve, don't forget about uh, international bonds and it is time to have a little bit of excess cash right now. Let's talk a little seminar that's coming up. Who's the ideal person to come to an event like that, Wealth Preservation Retirement Plan in Foster City, Thursday night from 6 to 9? Well, it's really people that are 10 years away from or living on of their wealth because we go through a transition point on how you go from a wealth accumulation strategy where when the market drops, you can buy more and be better off. But when you get to a retirement strategy where you're pulling from your portfolio, timing becomes everything. So you have to transition to that and be aware of that over a 10-year period. Five years from retirement, it's really important what you do in terms of how much cash you accumulate, how you shift your portfolio into a balanced portfolio. And then once you're in retirement or you're living off of your wealth, let's say you hit a big on stock options for a, a company that you, know, you took public, how do you on an annual basis peel the house money off the table? Because when you're younger, you can take advantage of dips and buy more in those areas that everybody's running from. But when you're older, you look at these quarters like the first quarter of this year. What a perfect time to peel some of the gains to replenish some of the cash that you've spent off your portfolio. So it, it's really people that are that are trying to figure out what that strategy is and then also deal with tax issues because 
it's really a specific way to design income based on you know people retire with cash accounts with taxable brokerage accounts, Roth IRAs, IRA, 401ks, um, and all these different types of accounts. And you say, which ones do I look to draw from first? And how would that strategy change if capital gains rates and dividend taxes go up next year? Anything else that we need to know? Um, you know, I'll give actual specific examples too in terms of, well, first of all, if people are trying to wonder if they have enough to retire, we're going to go through all that because I go through the budgeting process because really the expense side drives the asset allocation side. How much you need to spend drives how much you need in cash, stocks, bonds, and other types of retirement products that are out there. And so we go through how you need to really budget for healthcare expenses, especially if you're retiring at 60 and you have five years to pay for insurance before Medicare kicks in, what are those costs and how that transitions from your expenses into your asset allocation and then how you design a tax-efficient uh, income plan. You want me to give you a spoiler about the women's gymnastics team? No, no, nope, I don't. <laughs> they all die. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. Thanks Thank for, you very much. You're welcome. The events That's just started, so I don't, have, I don't have a spoiler. Thanks very much. It's Chad Burton. We'll see him Thursday night. Uh, with me, uh, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning Event, August 2nd, 6 to 9, Crown Plaza, Foster City. Sign up at robblack.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com. <laughs> 